for tea But he'd much rather tell her What he learned in his cellar When they both attended PS 33 You're adorable You're so beautiful You're a cutie full of charm You're a darling and you're exciting You're a feather in my arm You look good to me You're so heavenly You're the one I idolize We're like Jack and Jill You're so This, it is 9.30-ish on a Saturday night, as the Misfits serenade us on a Saturday night. What are we going to do? Well, it's just you and me. It's a cozy little studio with nobody in it but you and I. That's right. Lauren ultimately opted to stay home and stay cozy, and uh, it's just... You and I. So I am looking forward to doing a little bit of calls and a little bit of this and that. And I think that we're just going to do, we're going to do just fine. I really do. On this Saturday night, it is the 18th of February, 2023. And there's plenty of serious things that we can talk about, but we're going to leave that outside just for a little. I I mean, who knows what comes through on the calls. And I would, I would hope people just keep it as lighthearted as they can. And when I say that, I mean, no politics. I mean, if you want to talk about life, that's fine. You can drop anything on us if you that you like. But we're, we do have a couple of themes that we're working off of, too. That theme is one I've been waiting to do since August 10th. And boy, how life has changed so many times over just since August 10th. The show thread is walking in on your parents doing it. Has it ever happened to you? And it's not just parents. Have you ever... You have you any stories of wa- accidentally walking in on parents, grandparents, or any other authority figure in a compromising position? Okay, you're not required to give all the graphic details. I'm, most people at home don't want them. Some of you pervs do. But we, uh, we do need to know the time, the circumstances, and how you played it off. Whether or not, you know, did you, did, did you shield your eyes and scream and run away? Did you pretend that you were sleepwalking and uh, you pretend like nothing ever happened and just walk, walk through? Was it ever addressed afterwards or was it always kept under that, you know, that category of untouchable topic? So tonight your discomfort is our entertainment. So please lay it on us. I have set up two lines 
two specialty lines on where is it on on Discord. I have set up a dream line because there's some other weird dreamy things that are going on with me right now. And I've also set up a catching elders line. I guess that that's the only way I have you ever caught your superiors. I don't know. I don't know how to say. It. I only have so many, so much room inside of the the titles on these Discord call-in lines. So that's the Discord stuff. So we have a couple specialty lines, and then we have just a general scrum that you could go and hang out in the on-air waiting room, <clears throat> and I can pull you in at random. So that's what we're talking about tonight. A couple of things just to warm up until people show up. We have some Babylon B headlines that we did not do on Friday because Friday was awesome, and we had no time for it. So let's see. Um, starting with the this headline, the Cleveland Browns thankful to no longer be the largest disaster in Ohio. Oh man, and it's and as you all know, it's not just Ohio's problem now. I have read stories of upstate New York counties, seventy miles above New York City, which means about forty miles above us, where we are right now, describing uh, a foul odor and residue on cars. So this is a this is a regional problem. And of course the people who are closest to ground zero out there are I mean there's just there's that. But yeah, I guess the Cleveland Browns are off the hook, no doubt about it. Headline sixth grader swears his science homework was blown up by a sidewinder missile. There <laughs> that's a good one. Absolutely. That's a, that's probably why they have no evidence. We just don't know where it is. It, it, it fell to the depths of Lake Huron. At some parts of Lake Huron, it's hundreds of feet deep. No, it could be that you blew up a $13 weather balloon. A $13 weather balloon. From some Boy Scout troop. You, th you blew it up with a $500,000 missile. There's probably nothing left of the damn thing. They could have just flown the planes right through the balloons, cat catch some of it on the on the nose of the plane and just and bring it back down for a landing. Seriously, they should have done some Batman 1989 picking up some of Joker's uh, parade balloon. That that should have been the mechanism here. But no, we have to flex our muscle. I'm drinking iced coffee. Because I, um, I, I I need to keep I need to keep my energy up. I need to block all of those those receptors that tell me that I'm tired and I'm completely wrung out from today's workout. Because I need to get through this. All right. Well, one more two one more or two more of this. Here we go. Next one is experts discover strange new revival that occurs every Sunday for some reason. Church. The last one, meteorologists struggling to report the weather as the weather, as all the weather balloons have been shot down. That's right. Where are you going to get your weather reports if they've all, sh all the balloons have been shot down? Now, something I want to bring up with you is, uh, of course, dreams. I have something. I have to pull this all together for Monday. I didn't know if I wanted to talk about my dream last night, or at least the latest dream, the last dream I had. I woke up a couple of times last night and I was like, should I write this down? And it was just fragments. But the last one I had where I ended up waking up around six o'clock in the morning on the dot, I just reached for the phone and I put it all down. 
And then I woke, uh, then after I, I, I had been aw- awake for a little while, I saw the news about Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter now going into hospice care. He's at the end of his life. He's 98 years old, uh, and he's not going to be around much longer. He's just, he's going into uh, into hospice at home. So I then I started thinking about other dreams that I had. Dreams that we, really incredible ones that I don't know what, what it all means and where it's all going to go. But I got to go back around to that maybe on Monday or Tuesday night, because Tuesday I don't have anything going on. No, yeah, we have... We have Mark uh, Volker on the show, but that'll be a short little thing there. I remember around the time that I had the dreams about the clusters of three gold coins that were outside of my house. There were there were three clusters of three gold coins that were outside of my house. It was around the time that I had the New Year's Eve Billy Crystal dream where he was on the, the the riverbed. It was like a, a drained Hudson River right off of uh, Manhattan's West Side Highway. And the Hudson River had been like drawn back so you can see a lot of the riverbed and there's Billy Crystal in his, in his, uh, his uh, trench coat length pea coat. And he looked like, and I knew in the dream that he was hosting some kind of New Year's Eve kind of a thing. And behind him was the year the, the, the numbers 1971, 1971, in all those old, um, all of those like uh, those uh, those bulbs that you would find in like a dressing room or uh, like the really old Times Square ball lights, the soft white incandescent lights. It was 1971. And that's where we said, well, what the hell is 1971? The gold standard. That was that said maybe something about that and then I had the dream about the three gold coins and then Jimmy Carter in that same dream was receiving hospice care in my old bedroom like I knew that I knew he wasn't like he didn't look haggard or anything like that he just looked like old Jimmy Carter but in the dream I knew he was dying and he was and he was in my bedroom and um, and then the next day or two days later I went to go work out with Rob and we, we, we went through our whole routine at the park. We're, we're, you know, we really uh, we had a good workout that day. And then we went to this Brazilian bakery that we used to go to at the time for uh, these acai bowls. And when I went to go pay for the acai bowl, I was given $3 and change back. And what the hell was I treated to? Three, uh, $3 U.S. gold coins. Now they were not the Sacagaweas. That was the other weird thing about the about that dream. They were not Sacagaweas. They were three Millard Fillmore coins. Three. I so I got the cluster of three gold coins. And I said, Millard Fillmore, what the hell's going on here? So I started looking into him a little bit more because all I knew about him was that he was, you know, he was that one of the one of those last one of those last U.S. presidents prior to the Civil War. I think after him was Buchanan. And then we went right in, on into it. And he was from New York. So I knew he was a New Yorker president prior to the Civil War. But what I didn't know is that he was a member of the country's first third party, which was the, the anti-Masonic party. It was a party whose entire platform was uh, resisting and, and going against the, the, the presence of Freemasonry in the United States. It was the first 
major third party in the United States. So, I mean, all these things were coming. That was all in like one week. I had a weird one last night too. And then I woke up with the Jimmy Carter thing and I started thinking about the other dreams. So I'm going to, I don't know, I'll, I'll hold off on that until Tuesday or so. But um, but yeah, if you are having any odd dreams, please send it on over because we are getting ramped up for something, man. There are chemical disasters everywhere. People are on edge. Obviously, what's going on in the streets, the interaction among people is just degrading more and more. It's just complete weirdness, high strangeness, if there's ever a way to describe it. So um, that's a little bit of what I want to do on the dream end of things. Here's another one I want to do real quick before we get into tonight's main topic. And here is the headline from the New York Post. Trans teacher with Z-size prosthetic breasts dresses as a man outside of school, a neighbor says. This is everything I needed to know. This is all I needed to know. I just needed somebody to come forward and say that, oh, no, no, this is just an act he puts on in school. He's trolling everybody. Because I, I did not freak out about this guy with the gigantic tits. I said, this is a, this is a, a very subtle... He's, he's living his act at this point. I really do believe so. I'm starting to give this guy more and more credit. A Canadian teacher who made international headlines for wearing gigantic prosthetic breasts rarely wears them outside of school, raising questions about whether uh, the vulgar costume is just an act. While parents have raged about transgender teacher Kayla Lemieux being allowed to wear Z-cup prosthetics in front of students, the, the shop teacher was spotted ditching the controversial fetishistic fashion after work and stepping out in public dress as a man. He wears prosthetic breasts extremely infrequently. A resident of Lemieux's apartment complex told the Post, he puts the breasts on to teach occasionally when he goes for a walk and then or when the cops visit. Both uniformed and plainclothes police do regularly uh, do regular welfare checks at Lemieux's apartment after they receive death threats, according to a law enforcement source. Maybe? I don't know. See, this is one of those things where I just don't know. Uh, something tells me it's a troll. Because he has had... He has had the school administrators... They are just duty-bound to defend this as some sort of authentic express, that this is not something that is a complete clown show that should never be allowed in a school. I don't know if there's an end to this, if there's gonna be some sort of a Jerry Springer moral of the story that he's gonna roll out whenever the time to hang up the tits comes to an end or, or arrives. I don't know when we're gonna get the conclusion to the story. And maybe he is just a sicko that it, it's right, but there's, there's something about it. There's something about this that screams bodybuilder from Kazakhstan who married an ashtray. Okay? And what happens? The New York Post continues to cover it. Why wouldn't you keep marrying inanimate objects if you're going to get that kind of coverage? It's hilarious. Now, he also might be sick in the head. But there's a, you know, you, we, we, can't, we can't deny that there's a, that more often, well, more often than not, there's a streak of genius that runs through some sickos or people who are just out of their mind. They're a little bit unstable. There's a streak of genius that runs through some of them. No doubt about it. 
So we'll see. I wish this. I, I wish that this was the only thing. This was the worst thing going on out there. What about the Z-size prosthetic breast guy? Was that real or not? Here's another question I want to know. What the hell was going on behind Senator Kennedy the other day? Right after he says, lock your doors tonight. We were talking about this with uh, Timothy Alberino. Right after he says, lock your doors tonight, a very strange looking guy walks behind him and makes eye contact with the with the camera. Now, I, I don't know why I can't find any footage that goes beyond this. There's just a clip of it, but here, watch. Look at this. Here we go. This has been going on for a long, long, long time. Um, at, at, at least 2017. And last week we were told 2019. Um, that's what I took away from it today. Thanks, Thanks so, guys. I appreciate it. Lock your, Wait, what? Lock your doors tonight. Hold on, lock your doors tonight. I appreciate it. Lock your doors tonight. Thank you. Look at this. What the heck is going on over now? Is this somebody that was mangled in an accident uh, or whatever? But I mean, they're they're in this area where the Senate is meeting. Who is this guy? What do we got going on over here? Now, maybe somebody who got into an accident or has something, I don't know. But the, the way that it just, that this just shows up, it's very weird. I don't know. It's a little startling. And I wish we had a little bit more information on that. Here's something that's kind of funny. There was a worker, they sent some kind of unqualified worker up on a lift at Lowe's to take down what people have done some research on as being uh, two pieces of wicker lawn furniture. Uh, I think that they, they said that at maximum this could, could have only been about 80 pounds, which, all right, if you have an 80-pound weight that is on top of you in an awkward way, then it could be a little bit of a problem if you are not strong enough which why would you send somebody up? But he gets caught in a weird position over here, as you're going to see, and then starts the screaming. I just don't understand the screaming, and uh, here, here's Lowe's for you. So he's up top. He's up top there. And you see the big, you know, it's a big box, but then again, it's, it's, it's lawn furniture. And he is going down on the lift, and as he's going down on the lift, he's easing this box onto the lift with him so he can come down from the top shelf. I'm explaining this way for everybody in podcast land. So we can come down from the top shelf all the way down and ride it out with him to the bottom, okay? And uh, some people think he shouldn't be doing it. Others are like, you got this, man. Go ahead. And <laughs> just watch. Not a good idea, someone says. Keep coming down, man. You got it. All right. There you go. You can't be scared. Just roll with it. Roll with it. That's what now, I'm talking about. So now he's going down. Hell yeah. And now the weight of this thing is starting to come down on his right shoulder. He's got his right hand underneath the, the bottom of the box, and one corner of the box is resting on his right shoulder. All right. Now, at this point, you'd think, okay, we'll just stiffen up a little bit, really go down, and uh, and, and if, if you had to let it drag against the, the shelf a little bit for some stability, then fine. You're not too far up. 
but here's how it goes. Now he's five feet off the ground. There's no way that he's getting crushed at this point. Half of it is out of the... the, the this is just... I, I just don't... This is just so off-putting. <laughs> so off-putting. Okay, I'm going down. Kelly. Hold it easy, okay? Hold on, Kelly. Let's see if you can find That's it. That's not the switch. Order is not good. Yeah, so that's... Um, Hopefully your day wasn't as bad as his. That's all I have for you on that respect. Uh, on the, on that end, on the Lowe's end. I don't know where do you, you do any of your shopping. If it's Lowe's or it's Home Depot or if you have the if you have the the privilege of having only local hardware stores and things like that to 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 work with, then great, great. Now is uh, is the time that I want to I want to open up. I want to open up the main topic of the evening. And we're going to start taking some calls. I'm going to leave some lines open. I'm going to leave the lines open now. Uh, you can call in with uh, anything you got for me. Have you had a weird dream lately? Um, anything funny happened to you today? Uh, just you want to call in to say hello? Whatever you got. If it's weird, if it's strange, this is definitely one of the best nights to go and share things like that. But give us a nice, quick elevator pitch. That's what we need, so we can get as many people in as possible, and if it really is a hot topic, then the questions will flow, no doubt about it. All right, 914-595-6953, and we also have some uh, lines, specialty lines open on Discord. We've got the Dream Line, and we've got Catching Your Elders Line. Catching them what? Well, listen to this. Listen to this first one. We got three submissions from this first one. This is from Amy. And these were great. I remember these were sent to me. I had to post them on her behalf. The first one. Frank, I was 17 or 18. One late night, I went to the bathroom to take out my contacts and discovered I was out of lens solution. My mom, who worked for Boston Contact Lens, kept plenty of supplies in the garage at the other end of the house. I had to go through the family room to get to the garage as I approached. And as I approached, turning lights on throughout the house as I went, I noticed the uh, the Louvre doors to the family room were closed. Not a common occurrence. So you don't, you know, like the family room is never closed off for Amy and the rest of the people in the household. What's going on? Don't do it. Don't do it. Not a common occurrence, but sometimes done to sequester the cats for the night. But it was rare enough to find these doors closed that I paused for a minute, a minute, not hearing any sound from the family room. Uh, I opened the doors, and there, in all their naked glory, were my, my mom and stepdad, knowing each other in a carnal sense, 
As I had already removed my contacts, the image was blurry and the room was dark, but I knew exactly what lay before me. I stammered some I, st- I stammered something along the lines of, "I'm so sorry." <laughs> oh, it's so painful. I'm so sorry. Shut the door and returned to the bathroom, thinking I would just cover my contact lenses with tap water overnight and deal with them properly in the morning. Mom came to the bathroom and asked me what I needed. I don't really remember any details from there. I remember feeling the same sense of degree of embarrassment that I would feel upon walking into that same situation regardless of the people involved, but I never felt mortified or disgusted that my own parents would do such a thing. Contrast to that story of my brother below. Okay. Now remember, it's all, it's all natural. It's all natural. Everything is fine. All right. The problem is that when you have the natural good, the, the, the good nature of two committed people engaging in those, uh, in coitus, coitus, and then you have someone else who doesn't want anything to do with that. And those two worlds collide. It's a chemical compound that is is it it, it turns it makes a little bit of a sour stomach. On their own, they're fine. A little bit of a sour stomach after you you mix those two compounds. Now here's the best one. I love reading ahead on this one. For her brother, Amy's brother, as my stepdad lay in bed under the covers and with the covers fully up to his neck, my mom stood beside him leaning on the bed with her elbows at about the area of his groin. She was already up for the day. Sammy, my stepdad, hadn't quite gotten his day started, and they were just chatting. At the very moment, Mom lowered her head and lightly kissed the top of the covers. My brother, high school-aged, happened to walk into the room. He was so disgusted with them and started lecturing them on how people their age should behave. He He concluded by telling them, you aren't sexy. That's the best part. That's the best part. You aren't sexy. You know why I love that? It's something that I would say. Um, If I were flustered, frustrated, and and, and disgusted in some way, disgusted in some way, I would would probably say something like that. Like, what, what what do you think you're doing? You think you're sexy? You think you're sexy? Is that what it is? So why you're you're not sexy? So why would you ever even think about having sex? Just give it up, give it up. It's over. No more of that. You aren't sexy. That must have hurt. Like, what do we have to do? What do we have to do? Do we, is it really the end? Oh my gosh. Uh, let's see. Let's go on to some. The next, thank you, Amy, for those. Those were great. Uh, Up in Connecticut says, I was 14, Frank, sleepless as many at that age are around 2 to 2.30 a.m. I heard giggling from my parents' room, and I figured out pretty quickly what was going on there. My mom said, wait a minute, wait a minute, and then she let out a huge burp. Oh, no. They were laughing so hard, they were trying to muffle it with little success, contrary to most folks being creeped out by the thought of their parents having sex. I was happy, smiling, and content to know that my amazing parents had such a great physical relationship. I went to sleep with no problems. Of course, I never mentioned it to either of them. I realized that. 
when at dinner my mom would bang her fist on the table, look at my dad and say, I need some service around here, some real service. She was not talking about help with the dishes. I miss them so much. That's what I'm talking about. That's a nice story. The belching and the, and the, the giggling. What are we going to do? I mean, things happen. There's a, lot of thing, there's a lot of things moving around in the act. 914-595-6953. Who's this? 216, you're on the air. Hey, is this Frank? Yes, it is. Who am I speaking with? Hey, Frank, how are you? This is the misbehaving Irishman. I just figured I'd uh, borrow the old girl's phone and give you a call because my track phone's out of minutes. Well, it's great to so have you on. <laughs> yeah, listen, uh, I don't know if this will add to the atmosphere or not, but I had a very interesting exchange, exchange today. Okay. Well, I, I went out to my local tavern, and we were arguing politics, <laughs> naturally, and there was, a, let's just say, a, a young female of color, and she really started yapping about uh, the government, which I sat and I listened for a while. And then I asked her, I says, uh, you really don't like the government? She goes, no, they don't do nothing for me. So I told her, I said, well, what you got to do is reach inside that purse you got right there and grab that EBT card I know you have and cut it up. And you could have heard a pin drop. Oh, really? Well, that, <laughs> you, you, you definitely held her feet to the fire on that one there. Well, I don't know, you know. I, was that the I, end was that I'm the sure end of the up. that the end of the of the exchange? Uh no. No. She got up and left and someone else sat down. Well, I at least it, it sounds like a, a very interesting very interesting tavern. Uh do you do you frequent <laughs> it you frequent it a lot, Irishman? I do. Okay. So then you know I everybody. Yeah. Well, I've been, I've been going there for about 40 years, maybe even longer. But, you know, the names have changed over the years. But it pretty much, uh, it stayed the same. It's a place to hang but your it, hat. It, 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 oh, yes. But uh, for the last two years, I've, I've pretty much turned into a hermit. I don't go out anymore because uh, primarily I'm like, from the beginning, after you know the beginning of COVID, I was looked upon as like a grim reaper or something. It was, it was absolutely nuts, and these are people I've known for fifty freaking years. So at least you but, still uh, have that place. Yeah, I get what well, you're they're saying. Coming, they're 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 coming around. People are waking up. So I don't know. I see a little light at the end of the tunnel. To be honest with you. Well, at least, you, at least you, you'll always have the tavern, Irishman. Thank you so much for the call. Yes, yes. Yeah, I know a lot of people who are very hermetic right now. Um, hey, you know what? I, I, I don't want to go out. I don't want to go out. On a night like tonight, when I don't have any... I, I didn't have anybody around that wanted to come and, uh, and, and, and chill. Um, I, I can't wait to be able to do this from my, my new home office that we're going to be working on over the course of the next couple of months. I can't wait to do stuff like that. And one less reason to leave because every headline, every headline is just horrific. Every headline is horrific. And I know that's part of the PSYOP. It makes you think that there's no good things going on out there. But let's be honest. 
there is a there is a lot of strange things happening to people a lot of strange things the people that you knew your whole life there's there's major changes that are going on we we all went through collective trauma some of us ha- handled it better than most saw some of us saw the curveball we we picked up they tipped their pitch a little bit we picked up on it quicker than others um but but it doesn't matter so I don't I don't uh, I don't hold it against anybody who who just wants to keep it close to home and 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 make that your 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 fortress of solitude a little bit more. I do not do not hold it against anyone. Let's take another call. 312 you're on the air on a Saturday night. Who's this? Frank, it's Dominic. Hey. Happy Saturday. Dom, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh I think that shop teacher's totally trolling. Uh, that, um, it just if I it's my gut. My gut tells me the same thing, but you just never know. Yeah. Uh so I'm calling about dreams. Um uh, not interesting dreams you're having, but I don't interpret dreams. I'm thinking maybe the medium is the message. Uh it's not the content of the dreams, it's the fact that they are dreams. And that's uh they create completely novel realities and maybe that's our evidence of intelligence maybe that's what intelligence is it's the ability to uh create something completely novel unlike this so-called ai that we have now which is just cut copy paste just rearranging things you know hmm. well you know um and uh, you know dom there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of people a lot of people and myself included i i love the thought about Slipping away uh, into the unconscious mind at uh, at that time of night and really being in another world, being in another world. Now, I, I to to think of the dream world. Now, when we're awake, we do just as much fragmented. You know, my thoughts are can just can get just as fragmented during the day. We do a lot of daydreaming. We do a lot of imagining of things. We have a lot of, you know, you know for all, over the course of life, we have to, you know, shoo away irrational thoughts, paranoid thoughts. We got we got to we got to do a lot of management of our thoughts and train ourselves during the day. But during the day when we're awake, we have the ability to do that a lot more because w- with our eyes open and with our, our you know all of our senses completely engaged, we can find focus our our entire experience into very pinpoint narrow focus uh, ways and we can we can get do away with a lot of that randomness that we have when we go to sleep our our eyes are not our eyes are not there to focus in us in on one thing and we are just living completely inside of our mind and um, yeah it, so it, it makes it makes you wonder just whether or not all of that is being played out in another world I I I think that that would be really um, I would love to. That's why I'm looking for really good dream guests to bring on to talk about things like that. Another, yeah, another dimension. Uh, like, you know, they, the esoterists mention uh, astral planes and such, you know, traveling to other dimensions. Yeah. Well, oh, I mean, either that or, you, I don't know, you go to sleep in one place, you wake up in another. You you, you go, you, yeah. you know, you, you, you bounce out of one, you come back and you wake up in where you were before. And it really makes you... Really makes you wonder which which place is, which place is the the place where 
that's real. I don't know. But anything else you got yeah. for us, Dom? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of noticed uh, a shift in language where AI was used as, you know, something like coming in the future that it will be artificial intelligence. Now it's just being peppered in and all these reports about, oh, we need AI doing this. We need AI in airlines. We need AI in, in trains, in railways, as though it were a thing. But it's like, it's not. But they're saying as though it is. So it's just like... Are they redefining artificial intelligence to be just the algorithm that does exactly what they want? You know. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's, that's a, and that's and that's a great point. And again, thank you for the call, Dom. Like they re- redefined, you know, vaccine, was you know to to include this this thing. So, uh, thank you for taking my call. Well, wait, and, wait, uh, before you go, Dom, uh, Dom, well, give me a give me a uh, a nickname so I can store you as Dom something. Uh, Dominic's fine. I get, yeah, but there's a we, lot of uh, Dominics. Uh, Dom from Dom from, from where? Wisconsin. Dom from Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Good. Oh, yeah, there yeah. you go. All right, Dom Wisconsin. Thank you for the call. It's wonderful to all have. Right. have thank you, Frank. Yeah, I I, I, I like all that. I like those thoughts. As far as AI being introduced as a reason why we got to do this or the other or whatever, um, yeah, I, I I don't think that what we're doing is they're introducing some iRobot kind of technology to be your burger flipper at McDonald's. They're just machines. They have very limited scripts that run to make sure that all of the necessary things that need to be done are done. That's it. Um, If they're going to automate the trains, I guess they can automate the trains. But who's going to keep, who's going to, who's going to take care of the tracks? The health of the tracks and who's going to inspect things. I, I don't know. I guess obviously it can all be, it can all go that way. But I think as what we were talking about the other night, uh, last night with Timothy Alberino to a degree, is that we are constantly reminded in little tiny ways how expendable we are. Now, there are some things that you just can't do away with. There is that just that human that human spark that is necessary for things like healthcare and and uh, and other. Th- I mean, faith. I mean, there's when it comes to theology. Theology is just as an important science as anything else, and we have to talk about that with with uh, Steve and Jonathan in March. But it is definitely a long string of reminders that we can be replaced, and they're going to. Because remember, all the people who are talking about AI is the future, and we got to bring it forward, are also the ones who are saying we need to instill some universal basic income programs across the board so that all the people that we're putting out of business and all the people who we are robbing all of their ambition and all of their workable skills with all of our horrible educational initiatives, they're going to need something to do while they live out the rest of their miserable lives. We gotta give them some kind of food programs, some kind of digital currency allowance every month, and uh, of course, the, the, the checks will keep coming as long as they are docile, finger-painting uh, animals for the, the the rest of their natural lives, and then you know, there's more than one way to to thin the herd here. It doesn't take that long to thin out few generations by by turning them into really aimless, aimless, um, demoralized creatures. So um, 
there's a reason why those who are always pushing AI to take over one human responsibility or, or, or another are usually saying that we need to come up with universal basic income and socialize everything and, and, um, and make sure that one thing or another is constantly being smacked across the face. All right, let's go to a couple more of these. A couple more of these. Uh, Broken. Broken says, hey, Frank, here's a bit of a twist on the subject. This is about walking in on people. Here's a bit of a twist on the subject. My elder sister asked me recently if I ever wondered if our father was really my dad. Oh, boy. Confused, I asked her to explain, and she said that my middle sister had walked in on our mom doing the deed, and she wasn't with our dad, but rather a close family friend. I don't know if she was traumatized or not, but she did remember it well enough to retell it in her later years, and she has since passed, so I can't ask the questions. Anyway, she proceeded, she proceeded to enlighten me that I was born nine months later. All parties involved are now dead. I've since gone back and looked at old photos, and I'm convinced that I am a love child of the 1950s. Wow. Love the show, Frank. I listen live from the West Coast every day on YouTube with Roku. Regards, Broken. Now, thinking about that, if I'm putting myself in, in Broken's shoes there, there's so much unfinished business. And I guess you, you make amends with that as, as time goes on. Like you, you have to. But you wonder, did mom ever tell dad was there ever you know was was dad taken for a ride the entire time that he was you know supporting all of his children did it ever come come uh, up was there i mean who knows but that is just incredible and what about closure you know it never really you know just piecing that together after the fact that's a that's a that's a pretty incredible story right there, and I'm I'm grateful that Broken put it down. Let's see, let's put a little bit more there. And remember, anybody who calls in, you can you can dovetail on any of these these subjects because it doesn't have to just be one thing. I like hearing how the subject matter hits people in different ways. Cave Toad says I never did uh, I uh, I never did that I recall but we all camp we camped all the time when I was a kid I do recall loud kissing before fall allowed the loud kiss before falling asleep whether there was any hanky panky who knows for sure but I doubt it that pop-up camper would would have shook like hell now they had their means five or ten bucks to send the kids off for a few hours to the arcade or mini golf at the campaign uh, at the campground was a sure way to have some private time yeah yeah how do you make the private time? That's the real that's the real question. Let's take a call. 438, you're on the air. It's Saturday night. What are you doing? 438, is that me? Oh, yes. How are you doing, Frank? Hey, how are you? Who's this? It's Bill. I'm calling from Montreal. Hello, Bill. How are you? Am I on uh, speakerphone? Can you please take that off? Sorry, sorry. It's okay. Exactly, man. Um, a lot better. Yeah, a lot uh, better. A lot better. Okay. I wanted to ask you a question. I've asked you a couple of times in the chat, but I figure you get so many, uh, so many things to look at and answer. You probably uh, didn't have time to consider it. 
I remember an episode way back. Um, I couldn't even give you a date where I heard you speaking Greek and like speaking it like fluently. Like no, native. no way. That was n- no, no, no. It couldn't have been me. Never, ever. I don't speak Greek uh, at all. I not a lick. The, the, you, I, I'll tell you something. I'll tell Am you I something. I don't. Was that a weird dream? <laughs> I don't know. Listen, I've been I, my entire life. I have been on again, off again, studying Italian. I have uh, a friend or two who, who speaks uh, who speaks Greek. I don't know to varying degrees. George Alexopoulos, he's been in here. Uh, he's Greek. Yeah, I but, saw but, yeah. but he he didn't speak fluent Greek while he was in here on the show with me. Um, no, no, I understand, uh, dude. I don't know. I, 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 I have, man, that is weird. That is just weird. And it's like, it was so long ago that I saw his clip. That had to be Frank. And, but but I always knew you were Italian. Like, where does this guy learn how to speak Greek? Like, anyways, I must, I don't know. Dude, you, you want to, you, what you have to do now is you have got to stay in touch with me. You got to email the show, quite frankly, <laughs> po- podcast at gmail.com. When you figure out what it is, you have to let me know because outside. I have to find it. Because, man, that was the weirdest thing. I'm thinking, okay, is he half Greek? Is he, you know, I knew you were Catholic because I followed you and Tim when you guys uh, were doing the Malachi Martin book there, uh, Windswept House. So, okay, it just, none of this makes sense. (laughs) You know, unless the guy, I don't know, did he pick it up on the street? That'd be impressive as hell. The only thing I know, the only thing I know, uh, I I know... uh... As far as I know with Greek is as far as they use the Greek alphabet to throw out all of the new COVID variants. That's all. That's all I know. Oh, great. Yeah, great. Yeah. My great, my, my Greek go as, goes as far as the COVID variants go. But <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, to, I'm sorry to, to send you into a, myst- uh, a mysterious <clears throat> spiral tonight, my friend. You have some investigative just, work to do. I don't know. I don't know. What a mess. Anyways, I thought it was you for sure. I could have swore it was you. That's why I had to call you and, like, verify this. You know, uh, anyways. It's okay. Well, thank you for the call. uh, No problem, Frank. Take care and keep up the good work. All right. Be well. There you go. There's 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 a nice caller from Canada. He said Montreal, right? All right, let's take another call. Ninth nine three seven, you're on the air. What do you got for me on a Saturday night? Uh yeah, man. Uh thanks for taking my call. You got uh, it. Speaking on the whole dream thing. Yes. Uh you know, I work early in the morning, so I'm half asleep walking into work in the first place. So I'm driving to work and I get this vision of a lady in a white dress. Kind of like if you could imagine, like the background is like kind of starry, like like outer space type, and she's like clear and see through, hmm. and she gives me what she gives me one message, and is it, it is don't worry, we'll be there soon, or I'll be there soon, one of the two. It's always freaked me out. I've never done this dream thing. I don't believe in that stuff really. But that is one. That's one thing. It was about a year ago. No, and and so she she's what, only she's only come to you once. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it, it, it was so weird. Like, and I was driving too, so I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I was, you know, still asleep or what. But yeah, it was. It it, it was it was it was awkward. But. 
Well, I have plenty. I, I mean, I've got plenty to go off of with with my own with my own thing here. It's it's the first, it's the first of the this kind of dream that I've had, and um, but I don't know. Well, we'll see. But that that's a really interesting one, especially if she ever comes back to you again. You got to let me know, man. And thanks for the call. Yeah, no problem, man. All right, take it easy. There you go. Let's take a call from uh, Flat Albert. What's going on, Albert? Hey, I just want to talk about something legit for a second because I've seen that baseball sitting there and it just you know, it just kind of took me back. There's nothing illegitimate like, about walking in, in on your, your grandparents in, 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 in doggy style position. What's, what's illegitimate about that? Are you talking to me? <laughs> you said I want to talk about something <laughs> legit for a second. There's nothing illegitimate about what we're talking about tonight. <laughs> well, okay, fair enough. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> but I want to talk about, because that baseball reminded me, you know, it's like, I just remember the disdain that you had when, you remember when the baseballs got stolen out of your car? Oh, yeah. yeah so you, now, don't say anything yet, because I want to I want to finish, and then I want to see your reaction, because I can't see, uh, I'm not seeing the screen yet. But I just want you to let that simmer for a second when I, when, I, it, when I explain to the rest of the people. Because when I watched that episode, it reminded me of, like, Pulp Fiction when, <clears throat> when uh, Vincent was talking about just catching the guy that keyed his car, you know, not even to just, 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 to, just to catch him. And and that was just such a great show. I hope everybody goes back and looks for it. But you know, tell us about your missing balls, Frank. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll tell the story. If, whatever I remember from it. Thank you, Albert, for the call. Um, uh, it was September twenty first, two thousand nineteen, because it was my brother's birthday. It was my brother's birthday. It was the last time because of of course we had two thousand nineteen was the last great year. And uh, then came 20. We went out for his birthday uh, uh, at uh, this 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 hookah lounge that we loved. We went there for years on Avenue B and Sixth in uh, Alphabet City over there. And it was called the Horace uh, Kebab House. It's probably still there, but it's just been so long. And I had this great parking space. So we're there. It's me. It's Anthony. It's Mike. It's Matt. It's Rob. We're, we're all in my car. And we go down there, and I got a parking spot right there on 6th Street. I'm a half a block away from this, this, uh, this hookah lounge. We're right there. So I'm like, oh, this is great. We go inside, more friends show up. We got a couple of tables coming together. We got all of this lamb. We got all this this tea that's showing up. Everybody's having cocktails. And and then, you know, the hookahs are just flowing. It's just like a volcano. It's like, it's like Vesuvius in there. There is just plumes of just this sweetly flavored smoke all over the place. It's wonderful. And the DJs, the DJs are playing great you know the old management they had a bad they had a bad thing they had a really bad time filling this place up with music that was that was good it was uh you know it, it really played to the atmosphere but it was a workable volume so you can talk to everybody without having to scream all night you know when you're in a place that's just way too loud and 
you, it's not like you hate the music, but they got to bring it down a little bit so you're not yelling. Because after, you know, two hours of hanging out with your friends and just trying to have some casual conversation, you leave the place and you, you, your voice is like shot because you're yelling all night. Well, all of that after they went through a management change, got it was perfect. The music was perfect. 11.30, the belly dancers come out. She's got a candelabra on her head. She's, she's out there shaking her hips. You can bounce quarters off of her stomach. It's just wonderful. This guy comes out with his, uh, you know, the saxophone or, or a violin, and he's playing along, and we're just having a great time. So we pay the, I pay the bill, and, um, and it's time to leave, probably around 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning. Everybody was still, you know, there's nothing else really much going on. So it was around 1 o'clock in the morning. It's time to go. We're driving up to, we're walking up to the car, and I realize something is just different about the back window. It's gone. And I'm, I'll tell you, I was so calm, because what the hell is it going to do? There's nobody there. I wish, I wish I could have, I wish that we were there for whatever crackhead had busted open the back window. I wish we could have been there, because between me alone and then everybody else that was with me, Rob... You know, Matt, I mean, the, the, these are people who can scrap. I mean, there, there would have been little left of him. Definitely would have been able to subdue, uh, subdue him until the police showed up. But the, um, the, the, the crack addict, or whoever the hell it, it was, reached and grabbed a bag of used balls and all of my baseball gloves. Some of them, it was just all sentimental value. I, I would say maybe 50 or 60 balls that I had collected over years and years of coaching. You know, there's an extra ball here, whatever. The year ends, I take a couple of, you know, special balls from whatever kind of playoff games, if we won certain games or whatever. And, you know, you just get a collection of balls. If you've ever been a, uh, a baseball coach, you, you pick these things up along the way. And then whenever you want to go to a field somewhere and, you know, and shag fly balls with some with some friends and stuff, play a home run derby, then, I mean, you're, you're the hero. There's nothing like having a bag of balls whenever you need it. And uh, he took everything that was only of sentimental value. Now, if, if the, the crackhead were to move his way up into the car, he would have found a little bit more. Uh, he would have found a, a, a nice bag of, of uh, Matt's, Matt's cannabis. Matt had a nice bag of, uh, of sticky icky in there, and he didn't, they just didn't go up there. There's a few other things that he could have taken. So all in all, I was, I was kind of happy that it was just what it was. My insurance took care of it. My buddy at the garage took care of it for me, and it was all right. It sucks. It's always sucked getting violated like that. You know, it's still violated. And thankfully, we also had good, good late September weather on the drive home because it was very drafty. But we also got to listen to the, the new Tool album. The new Tool album had just come out a couple of days before, and we were all listening to the Tool album for the first time, and we got to listen to that, and it didn't rain, and everything was all right. And um, and then I rebuilt my collection of balls. I bought some. I got myself some new new gloves and 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 all as well. But it sucks having anything like that happen. Blows and not being able to do it. The cops were very nice. There's nothing that they would be. Able to, I I needed the police report just for the insurance. It's not like I was ever going to get anything back. But um, I'm pretty sure they were not going to be able to cash any of that in for the heroin that they were that they were uh, they're looking for. All right, I'm going to take a little bit of a break. When we come back, we have more 
of your walking in on your parents' stories and then anything else that's on your mind. So don't go anywhere. It's going to be a good one. The Fresh Maker. Hey, so this is my crib for the night where I'm staying. But you want to see something more magical? First, I've got to change into something more adventurous. Come on, follow me. That's better. Watch out for the puddle, puddle. Doggy, <laughs> they're big boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, you gotta be kidding me! They're all locked. Oh uh -oh. my god! Uh oh! 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 Jonas, you there? It's me, your enemy, Bill Paxton. Billy. You trying to steal my design, you son of a bitch? What the hell are you talking about? No fighting! Son of a bitch, Jonas, 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 you son of a bitch! <laughs> Who the fuck is Jonas? <laughs> what is he, a fucking Amish prep? Billy. Jonas, son of a bitch, Jonas. 
of a bitch. I've seen some people in the chat room say, oh, oh, Frank, uh, so you're saying you stole all those balls that you had collected over the years? No, I collected the balls over the years, okay? When a season ends or anything like that, there are a lot of practice balls that, that just, they're just around. So I take one or two there. I never got paid for coaching, so why not give myself a used up, beat up baseball from time to time? And over the course of 16 years, you collect quite a few, and I take care of them. So don't call me a thief. The real thief was the crackhead who took them from me because I gave them love, okay? I gave them love. I also, um, last night I said I wanted to know what John from Connecticut looked like. Zoso dude sent me a text message around midnight. He said, well, you said you wanted to know what John from Connecticut looked like. Uh, is it exactly as you pictured him? Because so I guess I guess that Zoso dude had made his way up to Connecticut in all of his travels. And let me just say, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm happy that I was right because now I can continue on. I can continue on. Yeah, I told. Uh, I, uh, I I I was very happy to see that. Very happy to see the picture of John from Connecticut. And now he's even more endearing. If not a chaotic, if not chaotically endearing man, very chaotic. Um, I, I, I was making a joke with Lauren when I got home because Lauren said, boy, that last call. I said, you John from Connecticut? She goes, yeah, it's just a lot of energy. And I said, yeah, he does. I said, can you imagine, can you imagine uh, him coming up to you and, and, uh, and saying, oh, can I, can I hold your baby? Like if you had a newborn baby and he, he comes up, oh, I'd love, can I hold your baby? Like, no, John, I can't make you, I can't let you do that. Like, I, I don't know, would he be able to stand still? <laughs> this baby's so cute! What do we got? Oh, Lauren actually texted me around 9.54. She loved that whole you aren't sexy line. You aren't sexy, so just stop it. Let's go into more of this, shall we? Let's see, from Ghost Cyborg. Ghost Cyborg says, Thank God I never walked in on my parents in the act, although I do think I heard them once, but I won't believe it. Uh, but I did catch my dad naked once. I woke up early, earlier than usual, on a weekend morning, and I had to go to the bathroom down the hallway. My parents' room was the door to the left of the bathroom. Still sleepy, walking out of my bedroom, I hear my dad say my name in a surprised voice. I look up in time to see him leap sideways Short, uh, 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 a sort of spread eagle style into his bedroom. Weenie swinging as he went. He had been looking for a towel, about to take a shower. I immediately went back into my room, slammed the door, and yelled, I didn't see anything. I saw everything. It was mortifying at the time. Now I can look back at it and laugh a little, but I would never speak of it ever to my father, ever. Oh, I know. I, uh... Now... No, I, that's, I'm very careful. 
I'm very and, and, and you know there's really really no uh, risk of of Aurora walking in on anybody at this point. I mean she just learned how to open up doors, so there's that. But I just now I'm pretty careful around that, and that's not going to. Not, I don't think it's going to be a problem. Like I said, these are things that are unplanned. So, good luck, Aurora. Good luck. Aston. Aston says, uh, let me see. Hold on. I'm so uh, sorry if it is a reversal of the question, Frank, but my newlywed wife and I had driven all day to Las Vegas. We had a friend who lived there, so we were staying at her place. Little did we know that on the same night they were having a family gathering, somewhere around 40 to 50 people. Being tired from the, the drive and not knowing many people at the party, my wife and I excuse ourselves and head to the room where we are staying. Being in the uh, child's guest room, we are on a small bed that doesn't really fit us, so we move to the floor. Well, being freshly hitched and alone, we started getting frisky right there on the floor in a house that is not ours with a room that does not have a lock on the door. Well, with the plenty of fresh, ex uh, with plenty of fre flesh exposed, and no debate about what we were doing in uh, in walks, doing in walk, uh, uh, doing, comma, in walks a child from the party. The look of shock, horror, and possible curiosity flashed in an instant, and he cut and run. We couldn't help but laugh and couldn't finish what we started. All night, we just started talking about the innocent child we destroyed. We didn't know whose child it was or never heard anything about it from our friend, but it was a frequently brought up anecdote between me and my wife. It's definitely one of those moments that still haunts me because that kid has definitely grown up by this point. And they'll recognize you before you recognize them. Man, just what are you gonna do? Nine one four five nine five six nine five three. Derek from Michigan. Derek, what do you got for us? Well, I got a dream. Okay, real quick, uh, let's get us a dream on the on the record here. Yeah. Okay. So I dream vividly in color, sound, like it's like so real that can't decide okay. between dream and reality. So. I had this dream that I was in a suburban with a bunch of buddies and we were on a wet, slippery road in the rain and we hit a guardrail and rolled over into a very deep, heavy flowing river, like very fast and we're sinking. And my friends were like, you know, kind of like uh, non-believers, atheists kind of, you know, and, and I'm in the middle of the suburban. and. And it's going in circles, rolling, barrel rolling, and water's filling in. I can feel it. It's like wet. And and they're freaking out, and I'm just like sitting there. All I could do is pray. That's the only thing I could think I could do is just pray. Wasn't sure if it was a dream or whatever. It didn't matter. You know, God help me. God help us. You know, Jesus help us. And as like the last bit of air pocket like fills up with water in the suburban, I like I get out one last like plea for help, you know, Jesus help us. And next thing I know, in a blink, we were all on the side of the riverbank and all of us had like nine, ten foot tall, like glorious angels standing behind us and I'm like coughing up water in front of me and and I'm like, What? How the hell how the hell is this how the hell is this happening? And then I turn around and I look at the angel behind me and it was like just me and the angel, everything blacked out. 
And the angel told me, even in your dreams, you can call upon the Lord for help. And then I woke up out of my dream, and it was like, what the fuck? Like, and how long ago was that? Crazy truth. What's that? And how long ago was that again? Um, a year and a half ago. Well, that's a fine dream. It's a fine dream, and Derek. Well, hey, yeah, that, it, it sounds there was, sounds there was very a message there. I'm sure. Oh, I don't think there's anything Thanks very hidden talk. about that. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think that was all out there. No, I appreciate you. I appreciate you and the call. Yeah, I don't think there's very, very much hidden about that message, Derek. No, no doubt about it. That's just right on out there. A little bit about mine, because I'll have to, you know, I have some some stuff written down about it. But it was it was an end of the world scenario, and I think it was asteroid or comet, and uh, and there was a countdown in the dream. Again, we're we're all at my grandmother's house. It's always at my grandmother's house. My grandmother who just died last last uh, February, and I remember I wrote my final tweet. I wrote my final tweet, and it was something about because in the lead up to everybody knowing that oh well you know the, the comet hits today, the asteroid hits today. There was a countdown that was that's widely been published. At this point, everybody was following the same clock, and I I thought, you know, I didn't know where it was. Um, we all understood that it was just it was coming to an end. So everybody is just doing what they are doing for the last day of their lives, and this is all just very clear. The understanding of what's happening in the dream. So I write my final tweet, which I knew in the dream was going to be the final tweet. You say, oh, wow, how profound. And the tweet was something like, well, everybody, when the chips were down, most of us still loved each other and were curious about each other. Because in the dream, there was there were all types of people that you thought would never go together that were striking up conversations that were easy with each other they weren't trying to take advantage of each other white black brown young old um people from all different types of neighborhoods and regions in the car like i was there was getting flashes of this where people were just decent to each other and 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 my final tweet was something along those lines of expressing how when the chips were down and the chips were down in this dream everybody the curiosity, the natural curiosity and love that humanity had for each other when they were not constantly being instigated into hating and killing each other by those we are, we are, we are always in, seems to be in an, an eternal struggle with to, to shake them off our backs. And then the last thing I said in the tweet was, till we see each other again. And when I was writing it in the dream, I was saying to myself, how silly is this? Because I was, I was also thinking about what Robin McCutcheon had said on, when, when, when did she come on? It was either Tuesday or Wednesday, something like that, when she said that this show, quite frankly, referencing it surviving for other generations to find, you know, hundreds of years in the future. And then I'm thinking to myself, well... What the hell is going, is that this tweet is not going to survive? Everything, all the infrastructure that keeps this digital world together is not going to survive after this. I am writing 
my name in something even more temporary than sand at the beach. But I wrote it anyway. I guess it was just the message that mattered most. And, uh, and there was more. There was more. There was numbers in there. There was everything. And then there was Aurora. And Aurora was the last thing that, that, that helped, me. I, helped me snap out of the dream. Because for a while there, it was one of those things where, oh, this is real. It's unfortunate, but this is this is happening. But at least we're all going to do it together. We're all going to transition together, and this is uh, this is surreal. It was a very surreal thing. You know those dreams where you'll go ninety-five percent of them just surrendering to the idea that it is all actually happening, and then when things start getting a little bit too uncomfortable, you're like, no, 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 this is not real, and I refuse to believe that it is real. And that's when you, thankfully, pull yourself out of it. And there's other things that you don't pull yourself out of, and it actually is real. But this wasn't. It wasn't like that. So I got more I got to talk about. And I guess I, I, guess I wanted to just share whatever I, I had in my mind on, on that front so far with you. Just because of Derek's. That was a pretty apocalyptic, which means revealing dream that Derek had there and that is no doubt what I had last night and then I woke up to the Jimmy Carter news so um let's see let's see what else we have let's go into the super chats the super duper chats and let me get a foxhole where the hell is it let me see one two three where's fox so here we are here we go all right so first one up is Stostube eight minutes ago? Thank you so much, Stostube. Wonderful to have you there. Uh, Nat Wall 3330 says, I love some of the music you play in your intro. Can you mention or list who you are playing, especially the old 40s and 50 eras? Everything that I play is if I start playing something on the show, or and remember, I play a lot of the same things at times, and I, I have them designated for certain kinds of atmospheres I want to create and 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 of course the, the theme of the show and the theme of the song can sometimes go together but because we are on the platforms that we're on especially Twitch and YouTube which does a lot of a lot of muting and things like that over over copyrighted music I have created a a list of things that I know passes over the years things that are where where Videos are monetized for the copyright owner, and we can go along with it. And all of that can be found on the Quite Frankly mixtape that I have. It's a playlist on Spotify that I have embedded, or Lauren embedded for me, on the quitefrankly.tv on-demand section. So all of the music that I use during the show now and over the years is all there. Hours and hours of music. All the things that you probably have jammed out to in time. I put a lot of stuff on there. Ultimately, I wish, and I, I've looked into this, I wish that there was new media licenses that people like myself can can take out and apply to, you know, ASCAP, BMI, CSAC artists, uh, all those catalogs, and, and, and apply them to our respective channels on, on one platform or another. I would love to. I would love to. I'm not into pirating music or anything like that. Uh, I'm okay with what we do right now because... Especially on YouTube, it's everything is monetized for the copyright owner and fine, but music is very important. 
Very important. It's probably a reason why I'm a little bit harder to find, too. Because I don't have all in-house created music. Um, but one day, maybe. Or one day, maybe I'll have an opportunity to have real licenses. Larry Sample says, in reference to the two, the the the, the 17th, February 17th show, uh, in the book of Enoch, it, it says, ascribe all sin to Azazel. I do read the books. Uh, I do read the books took out of canon by Nero and do not see any contradictions, just deeper understanding. I just want to say the dragon's name is Azazel. Just my humble belief. Okay. Well, there you go. You should comment on some Timothy Alberino stuff. In fact, I think he might be mirroring a lot of what we spoke about last night onto his channel, which will be great because there's a lot of people on that channel will be seeing me for the first time. And when he does, you should uh, drop a comment in there and see if he if he replies or or give you any kind of acknowledgement. Thank you, Larry Samples, again. Um... All right, over to Rumble. Let's see what's going on in Rumble. We got one Rumble, two Rumble rants from CatSkyD says, I'm sorry about your balls, Frank. A crackhead stole the Christmas villages my grandparents gave me out of my car. That's terrible. Uh, and 921 is my birthday, too. I saw Ari Schaefer at Cap, uh, Cap City Comedy Club that night in 2019. Well, we were all doing something that night. And that was the last time I had a good time in the city, to be honest. I don't think I went there during the holidays that year. And um, unless I'm forgetting something. So much has happened from now until then. Chai Possum says, nice shirt, Frank. Well, thank you so much. Sent sent uh, by, by Hugh. It is a Mardi Gras shirt. Three Mardi Gras shirts were sent to me, Lauren, and Aurora. And Lauren said, you should wear this tonight. She said that last night. I said, I think I'll wear that on Saturday. I said, okay. And it uh, feels good. So, when in Rome. Eve for America says, you're the best, Frank. My husband just started watching you. Well, I love when couples watch, when families watch. I really do. That's why whenever I, I, I try to tally up the kind of viewership that I'm getting, whatever I can actually collect and combine I always times it by two or three to give myself an understanding of just how many people are watching at any given time because that's just the case that's the case here there's a lot of groups that watch from one stream I know of all those fine ladies out there who are watching from the uh the hair drying seats in their salons uh I know that we're on in in bars and pizzerias and firehouses I know that we're on a lot of different places. And as the years go on, I hope that we spread like a fungus. An enriching fungus, of course. One that only makes the brain come alive. You know, a fungus that everybody wants to be infected with. Uh, do any of those exist? That'll be the quite frankly strain. Te salute. All right. What else do we have? 1042, we're almost done. Let's do a couple more of these and we're going to take some calls. 914-595-6953. Let's see. N. Jensen. 
Says Frank, my story is slightly different take on your story, but humorous nonetheless. My mother remarried when I was nine and I gained a new sister who was 13. We were young enough that we shared a bedroom for the first couple of years. That must have been weird. That must have been odd. Unless you have time to get to know them while your par- your your parents are courting and stuff. Our bedroom was next to our newlywed parents. They were in their 40s, the age I am now approaching myself. So I see the humor in the scenario much more clearly. Unfortunately for me, the wall my bed was against was the wall the two bedrooms shared. Nightmares. I could hear the huffing, the puffing, and the whip. <laughs> <laughs> The huffing, the puffing, and the whimpers and groans coming from their room. My sister on the other side of the room didn't hear much except when they occasionally let a louder yelp out. Oh, but I had to explain, but but had to explain to me what was happening next door. The poor girl. I think they're having sex, she whispered. No way, I hissed. I was naturally grossed out and would bang on the wall to get them to quiet down, which only worked the first time. They were newlyweds after all. Only worked new. Can you imagine being on the other side? You hear the banging from the children. They're saying, please, just please stop. And you're just like, ah, fuck it. You fuck. To hell with it. Let's keep going. My gosh. <laughs> One night after banging on the wall multiple times, I was so irritated that I got up. I grabbed one of our dogs by the collar and quickly opened the bedroom door and pushed the dog in the in the room and shut the door. The logic my nine-year-old brain came up with is that the dog would jump on the bed and get them to stop. I, actually, it's it's pretty good. It's a pretty good idea. I have no idea what actually ensued once I put uh, poor Sammy, my dog, in the bedroom, but I know it got them to stop. I saw nothing. It was dark, and I'm sure I had my eyes to the ground, LOL. Once I got back to my bed, I heard muffled uh, talking, and later my dog returned to my bedroom. My sister and I pretended to be sleeping. No one asked us any questions about it later. I honestly don't recall if they learned uh, to be quieter. But I'm sure my opening their bedroom door probably scared my mom to death. Well, half to death. She didn't die that night. Maybe I'll ask her if she remembers that time when I shoved the dog into their bedroom. I'm sure there had been enough distance that she'd be she'd see the humor in it now. What do you think? Good times. Thanks for having a consistently great show. Yeah, of course you bring that up now. If you know, if, if you know, especially if you know she's not touchy, she doesn't like, you know, a lemon face. No, we don't talk about that here. You know, um, if you think that it's something you can laugh about, why not? Tell me how it goes. Email the show. Email the show, please. I just got a, I just got a text message from a buddy of mine. My buddy, Danny, who I coached with for um, all those 16 years. I guess he's watching the show tonight, and he was and he was coaching a couple of years before I showed up, and um, man, we had great times. Even though we coached against each other a lot, but we had great times. We coached with each other too, and uh, we're good friends. And he says, uh, Frank, I agree with taking some balls. We need to show those balls some love and give them extra life. You do. You do. You do. I believe this is a this is not a little league ball. I don't know what this is, but, um, but yeah, that's, uh, you got to show them life because you know what happens to them? 
They get torn. They get they get rolled over by uh, lawnmowers. They get ripped up. They get left outside. They get waterlogged. And it's just there's something about a baseball. There's something about the hide. Oh, it's so good, so good. Especially when the when the, the pristine the pristine clean cleanliness of it is just smudged away by dirt, by clay. Uh, you you can actually see some of the the imprints of the the wood patterns of the bats. Sometimes I love the scuffing of a baseball, and then just the grips, all the different grips, your two seam, your four seam, the the many times many many types of curveball grips. Add a little knuckle to that. You can add a little knuckle to anything. Those change ups, your circle change just bury it in the palm i used to love teaching all the kids would be like okay oh, you know curveball so you don't need a curveball right now first of all you're still growing you don't want to destroy your, your uh your elbow let's teach you how to cut the fastball a little bit and let's teach you how to throw a really good change up and when to throw it and we have to work on your arm angle and there you have it we'd have these little kids that that don't have really that much of a of an arm just sawing I mean, there, we didn't. I mean, it was all you're not sawing the the, uh, the baseball bats in half. They weren't using wood, but just getting them right on the small of the bat with those cutters. The ones who can understand it. There's some kids that just couldn't grasp it, but uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun, and there's nothing more American than having a a catch with a baseball. Nothing more American to feel that. That, that smack of the leather, it is just incredible. And that's what I miss the most, to be honest. Um, I love coaching. I love watching a, a team of softies that didn't know where the hell to stand turn into this just this beautifully, you know, shifting defense, knowing what their backups are and knowing what their relays are and knowing the situation, talking to each other, taking control of their own game. I love watching watching that happen for a group of kids over the course of a just even a short season in spring league, just 16 games. But um, the best part was just having catches, warming warming up pitchers, um, just having just having catches. I don't have anybody to have a catch with anymore. So could go play my violin when I get home. All right, all right. Um, well, it's 10:54. We got some good stuff in. We got some great. Great calls, and I'm gonna take. Uh, I'll just take one more since it's it's almost there. But I want to be off by eleven tonight. And let's go for it. Seven eight five. You're on the air. Who's this? Hey, it's Chuck. Hey, good show tonight. Epic show last night. Love your show. Thank you, Chuck. Hey, I just a couple things. You bet. A uh, couple things. First, I love your Caesar quote that you have on your uh, left arm there. Uh, how he came, he saw, he conquered. Yes. And I wanted to say that. Uh, that you've asked us about all of our experiences with walking in on people. We've all had lots of time seeing you and your folks on the show, and you haven't told us your uh, adventure with that, so tell us all about that. <laughs> and finally, if you have time, I have a joke from little Johnny. Okay, go, go, go ahead for the joke. All right, so little Johnny, he, uh, he ends up uh, taking a shower with his mom. And uh, he sees that she has a little red thing down there. And he asks her about it. 
She, wait, 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 She had a little what? She had a little red hair down there. A little red hair down and, there, okay. Uh, asked, yeah, and so she said, that's my squirrel. And uh, he didn't think anything of it. He finished up a shower with his mom. And uh, a few weeks later, he's with Grandma. And uh, he's in the shower with Grandma. And she, he asked, what's that? And she said, that's my squirrel. She said, well, how come yours is white and uh, hers is red? She says, well... Uh, if uh, your mom's squirrel has uh, cracked as many nuts as mine, it'd be white too. <laughs> oh my God! Why? My question is, why is this kid taking a shower with every every woman in his uh, in his family? But uh, but, but Hell, I don't fucking that, know. It's a stupid joke, man. <laughs> that's, a, that's a funny one. Thank you, <laughs> thank you for that, my friend. Thank you for helping me close out the night. Now, as far as your question goes, answering that one, I don't have any of those those uh, those questions. I've heard comments. Over the years, then I just like okay, store that one away somewhere, and um, you know, but not especially my mother and my father. I don't have any. I don't have anything like that. I've, I you know barely saw them uh, kiss. So affection, you know, like affection like that wasn't really very on on display they're always very hot and cold and then of course after they got divorced and my father comes out and then there's all so who the hell knows but i don't have any questions i don't have any uh any thing to tell you there was one thing it wasn't sexual but like you know in, in the somebody had said that they had saw their their father their father naked once as he was he was uh you know looking for a towel real quick he thought nobody was awake I didn't see my father naked, but in the in the chaos of a morning, and I might, might have been about seven or eight years old, everybody's just trying to, you know, brush their teeth, brush their hair, get the hell out of there. Uh, I guess my mother, you know, we're all using the same bathroom, and she's trying to, you know, just get me over to the sink to, to brush my teeth, and she's getting all the knots out of my hair, because when I had hair, and I was waking up in the morning, it was like a rat's nest. It was like a rat's nest. I see Aurora's bedhead, and I think it's funny. But she has different hair than I did. I just mine was very curly and wa- she has the the waves, she has the curls, but mine was a little bit more Brillo like, uh, and it got more like that when I was closer to high school. But still, in the morning she'd get me get me ready to go, and I might have been actually four or five years old to be honest. And my father was taking a leak, and I didn't see anything, but I did see the stream of pee. Okay, you know, as as he's closed off and and I don't see anything, I do see the stream of pee, and it was a double stream, and I said, and in my head, in my you know five, six, seven year old head, I'm thinking to myself, I guess when you get older, you 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 pee, you you gain another stream. Like I thought, like a, a mark of manhood, when you when you reach adulthood, your one stream of pee becomes two streams of pee. And you just realize no, you get some. You wake up in the morning, and sometimes you have to you have to push through a little bit more. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about, guys. Where you wake up and you're peeing in all different directions. Anyway, I thought that that was a mark of adulthood when you go from one stream to two streams, and that, obviously that's not the case. So, um, what do we got? That's that's all we got on that one. So I don't have any. Um, I have never walked in on anybody doing anything like that, to be honest. Again, I don't have any paranormal stories either, but I figure these are the stories that happen often, and there's a lot of great conversation and jokes and good times that could be uh, 
that come from the retelling of these stories, learning about each other and getting our minds off the other stuff that goes on in life. And that's why we do these threads and we open up the lines and we have our little, our little chats. And tonight we did one late night. It is 11 o'clock. So um, I'm just going to go into the, the Super Chats one more time to make sure that we're all good. And then we are off for the rest of the evening. Now, uh, I want to say that there was a couple of other people. There's a couple of other people uh, who have left comments on here. There's about three more posts on this page. And then we have a second page of posts. We couldn't get through the whole thing tonight. And there's some great ones there. But please, please, please go and read through some and, um, and, and like things and comment on them and have a good time. It, it's, it's great. It's great. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll circle back around to it at another night. Here is the, the thread. I'm going to put it into the chat rooms. There you go. The thread is now the link is in the chat rooms. Hopefully it's clickable. I'll put it into the Discord as well. And I encourage you all to join the forum. I'm going to go in there tomorrow to see what people have been posting as their own their own uh, topics, just to see how it's been going. There's a lot of great people there. We're not nearly near the uh, the 17,000 of you who were had joined the quite frankly Reddit the subreddit, but we'll get there one day. Especially since many of you never joined the forum before because you didn't want to be a part of Reddit. Well, now you don't have to. You don't have to worry about any of that kind of political stuff, and it's even easier to sign up there than it is anywhere else. So, um, I don't know what we're going to be playing. I haven't I haven't figured out what I'm going to put on the network for tomorrow night at nine o'clock for the Sunday night programming. But I'm going to put together some things, and it will be good, no doubt. And in the meantime, if you like the show, please become a sponsor of the show. Because uh, a new week is beginning on Monday, and I'm already excited for it, and I can't wait. I have a couple of Super Chats here on Rockfin. Twisted Wizard says, my, my son, when he was 14, walked into our bedroom unexpectedly to find me... <sighs> you know, this... The Twisted Wizard has done this to me a couple of times where I am taken completely aback by the way he speaks because I know he is a man of great faith, very religious man. I know he's a very pious man, but uh, not, but then when it, but then he'll just you remember does anybody remember years ago when Twisted Wizard calls in and he just nonchalantly is talking about uh, how he was shaving his wife? Just he was she was he was shaving her down there. We're like, wait, wait, what? I couldn't believe what was going on. Well, okay, it's Saturday night and the children are already sleeping, right? Well, make sure they are not listening to this one. Twisted Wizard says, my son, when he was fourteen, walked into our bedroom unexpectedly to find me balls deep in the wife's mouth. He screamed, oh, my God, and ran back down the stairs. We finished and came down to... They, they didn't stop. They didn't stop. No stopping uh, Twisted Wizard and his wife. Yeah, just keep, keep going. Well, I mean, she couldn't say anything, obviously. He screamed, oh, my God, and ran downstairs. We finished and came down to remind him to knock before entering our bedroom. LOL. Scared him for, scared him for life, he says, or scarred him for life. There's two R's in scarred. 
boy, oh boy. No, no, let's just finish up. Then go downstairs and just remind him to knock next time. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> oh, sometimes just people... Sometimes I'm shocked. This is the second time the Twisted Wizard has absolutely shocked me. Uh, Maya Herzig, thank you so much for your tip on Rockfin as well. That's incredible. That that one is incredible. That uh, that really took the cake. That took the cake right there. Uh, Dooku Dan on, quite frankly, superchat.com said, uh, Frank, you just said you can put a little knuckle into anything. Might not always relate to baseball. I know. I know. I know. I knew as I was, as I was saying it what it could have meant. But I'm glad that you were out there, Dan. I'm glad that you you received it. The dog whistle. All the all the talk of dog whistles these days. Um, but yeah, there you have it. Thank you for everybody watching. Really, really, really thank you. And I hope that you all enjoy yourself. I'm sure some of you you people will be hanging out in the Discord, in the voice chat, have your own little after party over there, talk about what we did tonight. And uh, and tomorrow's another another day, and Monday's another night. Don't miss the opener, the weekly opener this this uh, this Monday, because uh, it's going to be a good one. Brooks Agnew is coming on. We have some. He says he wants to give a special report on seismic weapons, their existence, their application, and how they may have been used recently. So, um, kicking off the new week in style, and we will see you soon. Thank you, guys and gals, for everything. Have a wonderful Saturday night. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film of our live studio audience and now our super chatter, starting with Dooku Dan, Stostube, Natwall, Larry Samples, and Kitty Did 1955. That was from last night. I'm just going to say it again. Thank you so much to Cat uh, Sky D on Rumble, to Chai Possum and Eve for America on Foxhole, and uh, to all of my friends on Rockfin. Twisted Wizard, and Maya Herzig for helping round out the night. We will see you all soon. Thank you to everybody watching on Theta, QuiteFrankly.tv, Twitch, Rumble, YouTube, Rockfin, and DLive. Until Monday. Okay, Chief, take him away. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife.